It's Sunday, it's 5 till 6. I'm Steve Rock. The radio show is Now is the Time on LifeConversationsRadio.com. This week's show is all about neglect. How we neglect ourselves and how we can neglect important aspects of our life. The music you can hear underneath is provided by Saint Germain Rose Rouge Funky Tunes and we'll talk very soon. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. 100 years later, the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. They were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great bulks of opportunity of this nation. So we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to 
arise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children.
That was Sounds of Blackness. This is Steve Rock, and now is the time on LifeConversationsRadio.com. That was Optimistic by Sounds of Blackness, and I just love that track. And those who listen to my show each and every week will know that I open it the same way because it just fills me with such warmth and glee and makes a brother want to smile. This week's show is all about neglect. <coughs> Excuse me, it's a magic word, uh, neglect, because it's something that you don't really hear too often when we um, talk about ourselves and how we neglect certain aspects of our lives. So this hour really is going to be investigating how many ways we neglect ourselves and aspects of our life and neglect others in our life and what that leads to, what it could lead to and what it could bring if we chose to remedy the situation of neglect. When we hear the word neglect, we usually associate it with uh, children. Um, well, I do. I associate it with neglecting one's youth or neglecting one's responsibilities towards one's youth. And we have plenty examples of what happens when we neglect things external to us. For instance, if you drive, if you're fortunate enough to drive and have a reasonable car, you soon will know what happens if you chose to neglect that vehicle if you didn't clean it on a regular occasion or if you didn't uh, maintain it or didn't take it to a mechanic to maintain on a regular occasion you'll soon find out that the car will respond in a very negative fashion and it won't um, be your reliable car as it once was and that is due to neglect we try not to neglect things external to us for fear of the repercussions you know if we neglected our car and you went out there one morning and you put the key in the ignition and you went to start it and it didn't start you wouldn't be surprised if you had neglected it or if you didn't take it for a service for two years for instance however with all that said we tend to neglect ourselves with with much more alarming frequency i.e our diet for instance we tend not to eat what we should eat but we don't view it as neglect we view it as well I'm treating myself today if I have this box of sugar um, but that's if you eat raw sugar like myself but that isn't viewed as neglect it's viewed as a treat but if you continue to neglect what you're neglecting by having a bad diet is your body obviously and if you chose to neglect your body in that way then just out of interest how do you think your body would respond to that continuing level of neglect now i'm going to refer to the collins english dictionary about the word neglect what that book says about neglect is this neglect means to take no care of fail to do fact of neglecting or being neglected let's take the first part of that definition to take no care of do you go through your life taking no care or not as much care as you could of yourself because as i said earlier when we neglect things we tend to neglect things that we perceive to be external to us when so much damage is actually done when we neglect ourselves and there's many levels to um well there's many levels on how we neglect ourselves and we, we do it continually. We do it with negative self-talk. We do it with um, denying ourselves certain pleasures. And we, you know, we, we also neglect by telling ourselves good things. Neglect's not always about um, denying things, but it's also about not telling ourselves good things. Why should we neglect? to tell ourselves good things. Why should we neglect letting ourselves have the ability um, to believe that we can achieve great things? I'm going to share with you now something from my man, Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn is one of those business philosoph philosophers, I can say the word really, just put my teeth back in. Jim Rohn is a philosopher, a business philosopher, who I have a lot of time for, simply because he can uh, encapsulate something that I might take years to um, put in such a, 
succinct and uh, deliberate fashion. And this is what he says on neglect. Neglect starts out as an infection, then becomes a disease. Neglect starts out as an infection and then becomes a disease. Now, when we break that down, if something starts out as an infection, i.e. small, and then becomes a disease, i.e. big, is that not what neglect can do in our lives? It can start off very, very small and turn out to be a, a rampaging nightmare. And I'll give you an example from my own life. I know factually that Tai Chi is good for me. Now, I know that factually for me because it's me and I know how I feel after I do it. So that is a very uh, positive thing in my life, Tai Chi, and I love it. And I also know that the mornings that I wake up at six o'clock and do Tai Chi, I generally have a better day and have a better week and I feel better about myself. So the question is this, why wouldn't I do it? Now, I know that there are some mornings where I wake up, well, more mornings now that it's getting winter here in the UK, but there's times when I wake up and it's dark. I've got these extra lining things in my curtains um, so it makes it really dark and I look and I reach over I turn on the phone to check out the time and it's like 10 to 6 and it feels cold even though the heating's on it hasn't really warmed the house up yet so I just stay in my bed under my covers a little bit longer now I know you know this but when you say that to yourself I'm going to stay under the covers just a little bit longer that 10 minutes uh, extra in bed can sometimes turn to 20 minutes, half an hour, and in some extreme cases, an hour. Um, and then what happens is you do it once. And you know, you just say to yourself, well, it's okay, I've only done it once. I've stayed in bed just for that extra 10 minutes once. It's not gonna really mess up my routine. And it's at that point that the word neglect um, is an infection but it starts to become a disease because you do it once and that gives you the muscle or the excuse or the reason to do it a second time and a third time. Now I know that when I'm in my bed and I get up and I go right I'm gonna go and do Tai Chi, it's hard because I don't really want to do it because it's warmer in my bed than it is outside on the patio. But when I go outside and do it, I feel great. And then I go to work and I feel great. And I've got to remember that by the next morning, I've got to start all over again because I just think it's cold and I don't necessarily associate with the positive feeling that Tai Chi gives me. So therefore, if I don't gap and just ignore my, my practice and go to work, then I've neglected discipline. I've neglected uh, exercise and a muscle that could really help me in the future so if i do it once then i might do it sort of twice in a seven day period and whilst i might say well you know that's better than not doing it at all at all then i agree with that but neglect creeps in and i neglect to exercise my um, discipline muscle then that will more than likely i might do it i might miss my training three days next week um and then four days the week after and the question is, where could it lead to if I continue just to miss one day here and there? So that's one aspect of the word neglect. Now, be honest with yourself. What things in your life recently have you neglected? Once again, I must reiterate that I'm not talking about things external to your life that, you're, that you have neglected. I'm talking about things within your life that you have neglected that can have a direct effect on what you do and how you do it. Take a piece of paper and uh, you don't have to share it with nobody, just write some things down that you've neglected. And if you haven't neglected anything um, this week or whenever you're listening to this, then fair play, I, I applaud you. That That, that, is, um, that is some feat, but I would uh, assume that on some level, there's something that you could have done for yourself that you neglected to do that could have uh, repercussions in other areas of your life. Now, I've just come back from Austria. 
Austria is a wonderful place if you if you ever get the opportunity to to visit please do because it's just amazing to see how one place could be so clean and the people be so polite but that's not the reason why I'm telling you about Austria the reason I'm telling you about Austria is this is because as I was walking around there just looking up at the buildings and I had a lovely guy by the name of Amin an Egyptian gentleman who drove me around um, and gave me a little sightseeing tour of uh, Vienna and then that's that's where I was um, staying and he was just telling me about these beautiful beautiful uh, buildings and the architecture was just, it's just something else anyway what he was saying because as we drove past a couple of things I noticed how clean they were and I was telling him about my hometown London and how dirty the buildings are and we're having this discussion he said well the government in Austria have uh, signed something a contract that every 10 years these buildings must get sandblasted which is for those who don't know um, high power jet cleaning um, and it just makes such a difference and I'm thinking that's interesting because they're committed to do that uh, rigorous cleaning of their buildings every 10 years now 10 years is a long time to most people and it's a long time to me 10 years time I'm gonna be 43 and I'm not depressed about that honestly um anyway 10 years is a long time so can you imagine that the 10 year cycle comes it comes around and the politicians are sitting around the table and they say oh you know I can't be really bothered uh, with doing the buildings uh, on this 10 year cycle so we'll just uh, give it a miss now that 10 years will then obviously be 20 years when they next get around to do it and let's just say that somebody um, wasn't on that board when they come to do it the next time round and they thought that the cleaning event happened every 20 years because someone neglected it 10 years ago and you can see where this can lead now if you look at Austria and Austria is a clean place and they clean it every 10 years they do not neglect their buildings at all you know 10 years I mean they could do it every five but 10 years and the results are fantastic now let's uh, translate that to London it's almost like somebody's birthday when they come to clean the buildings in London some of the buildings are really disgusting just in dirt and they look fantastic and if they were all cleaned and had that level of dedication um, that the the Austrians have for their buildings London would look a very different place and let's look at the knock-on effect of keeping things dirty we talk about neglect and where it can lead and how it goes from an infection to a, to a disease now let's just say the city let's let's use London because that's where I'm from but let's say the city is this clean city it starts off in the year 1900 and it's clean it's spotless and they clean their buildings every two years and then that goes to every five years and then it goes to every 10 years and it goes to every 20 years and the building gradually spends longer dirty now what could be the knock-on effect to just what would a, what would look like a just a dirty building might that uh, affect the psyche of the public because if they look up and see something's dirty look around and the things are getting dirty and they had an opportunity to take a piece of litter and drop it in a bin or just drop it on the floor because it's easier what are they likely to do now you might argue that it depends on the psyche of the individual um, my counter argument to that is well let's just say if things look dirty are you more likely to keep things dirty until it gets to a point where it's so filthy that you have to just do a massive cleanup and start all over again um, so the neglect can go from a small thing to quite a big thing and it's very easy to do um, I've got a friend who drives a car and um, once the car's clean it's sparkling but I tell you what when you, they leave a crisp packet just one crisp packet and it stays there a little bit too long and then I guarantee you within a period of time there's gonna be another crisp packet or maybe a chocolate sweet wrapper sitting 
next to the crisp packet and then when you get back in the car there's a cigarette wrapper or there's something else in the car and then gradually the dirt and the grime <laughs> takes over the car it doesn't look as clean as it once was but this doesn't happen overnight this doesn't just suddenly get dirty like hugely filthy but it happens in gradual steps and this is what i'm saying if we neglect one little ear of our lives it's very easy to lose track of the other areas and it's very easy for our standards to drop our self-standards or what we accept in our lives to drop if we start accepting little pieces of rubbish that those pieces of rubbish will become normality and that is what i would uh, try to avoid is when something becomes normality and you don't view it as anything different that's the danger and this is where we need to be very aware of what things we are neglecting in our lives and at what points you're listening to miles davis the classic miles davis and the track is so what after this track we'll be looking at uh, how we can actually deal with the killer that is neglect Yes, yes, this is the Jazz Reloaded Vibe. Get ready for the reload with Steve Rock. Now's the time on LifeConversationsRadio.com. Conversations about your life.
You're listening to Now Is The Time on LifeConversationsRadio.com. I'm your host, Steve Rock. And this show so far, this is Miles Davis, by the way, for those who don't know, you should know, and shame on you if you don't know. Miles Davis, so what? Um, This show's been about uh, neglect, and I've been uh, talking about what neglect is and how we neglect ourselves and why we neglect ourselves and should we neglect ourselves um i'm going to quote once again the man jim Rohn when he says one of the reasons why many people don't have what they want is neglect one of the reasons why many people don't have what they want is neglect now what does neglect mean for you you know um we need to be truthful some of us actually neglect to tell the truth about where we are in our lives we flower up what we um what we know is the truth and we tell ourselves other things you know but neglect is when you neglect to tell yourself the truth you're actually holding yourself back from the greatness that you can achieve because when you neglect telling yourself the truth how can you start from a true point how can you know where you are if you're lying to yourself so therefore how will you ever get to where you really should be so first step is this don't neglect to tell yourself the truth if you smoke 30 cigarettes a day and you just say to yourself well it's only a couple I would challenge you on that and say well maybe just maybe you're neglecting to tell yourself the truth and through that level of neglect you are um, disabling yourself from taking the relevant action because 30 cigarettes a day don't sound as bad as a couple do you see where i'm going with this so the first thing to do is to tell yourself the truth about where you are and then tell yourself the truth about where you want to go and then when you know where you want to go then this is where the game starts because the neglect really can come in let's just say laziness you know because you start thinking oh i can't be bothered to achieve xyz it's too hard and then you might neglect to take action and action for me is the opposing force to uh neglect whenever i get a feeling of uh, that I want to neglect my my Tai Chi. The counteraction to that is just to get up and and do it. Um, let's not think too much about what we got to do. Let's just get up and do it. Because when you start thinking and overanalyzing, that's when things become tricky. What I'm going to do now is share with you uh, a little conversation, a little talk from a man called Jack Canfield, and this is how he looks at taking action. The world doesn't pay you for what you know. It pays you for what you do. There's an enduring axiom of success that says, the universe rewards action. Yet as simple and as true as this principle is, it's surprising how many people get bogged down in analyzing, planning, and organizing when what they really need to do is take action. When you take action, you trigger all kinds of things that will inevitably carry you to success. You let those around you know that you are serious in your intention. People wake up and start paying attention. People with similar goals become aligned with you. You begin to learn things from your experience that cannot be learned from listening to others or from reading books. You begin to get feedback about how to do it better, more efficiently, and more quickly. Things that once seemed confusing begin to become clear. Things that once appeared difficult begin to be easier. You begin to attract others who will support and encourage you. All manner of good things begin to flow in your direction once you begin to take action. Over the years of teaching and coaching people in my company and in my seminars, I have found that the one thing that seems to separate winners from losers more than anything else is that winners take action. They simply get up and do what has to be done. Once they have developed a plan, they start. They get into motion. Even if they don't start perfectly, they learn from their mistakes, make the necessary corrections, and keep taking action, all the time building momentum until they finally produce the result they set out to produce, or something even better than they conceived of when they started. 
To be successful, you have to do what successful people do, and highly successful people are highly action-oriented. I have already covered how to create a vision, set goals, break them down into small steps, anticipate obstacles and plan how to deal with them, visualize and affirm your success, and believe in yourself and your dreams. Now it's time to take action. Enroll in that course. Get the necessary training. Call the travel agent. Start writing your book. Start saving for the down payment on your home. Join the health club. Sign up for those piano lessons or write that proposal. Remember, nothing happens until you take action. To demonstrate the power of taking action in my seminars, I hold up a $100 bill and ask, Who wants this $100 bill? Invariably, most of the people in the audience will raise their hands. Some will wave their hands vigorously back and forth. Some will even shout out, I want it, I'll take it, or give it to me. But I just stand there calmly, holding out the bill until they get it. Eventually, someone gets out of their seat, rushes to the front of the room, and takes the bill from my hand. After the person sits down, now $100 richer for their efforts, I ask the audience, what did this person do that no one else in the room did? Well, the answer is she got off her butt and she took action. She did what was necessary to get the money. And that is exactly what you must do if you want to succeed in life. You must get off your butt. You must take action. And in most cases, the sooner the better. I then ask, how many of you thought about getting up and just coming and taking the money, but somehow you stopped yourselves? I then ask them to remember what they told themselves that stopped them from getting up. The usual answers are, I didn't want to look like I wanted it or needed it that badly. I wasn't sure if you'd really give it to me. Well, I was too far back in the room. Other people need it more than I do. I didn't want to look greedy. I was afraid I might be doing something wrong and then people would judge me or laugh at me. I was waiting for further instructions. I then point out that whatever things they said to stop themselves from getting out of their seats are the same things that they say to stop themselves in the rest of their lives. One of the universal truths in life is this. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you are cautious here, you're probably cautious everywhere. If you hold yourself back for fear of looking foolish here, you probably hold yourself back for fear of looking foolish elsewhere. You have to identify those patterns and break through them. It's time to stop holding yourself back and just go for the gold. Ruben Gonzalez decided to go for Olympic gold. Ever since third grade, Ruben Gonzalez had wanted to be an Olympic athlete. He respected the Olympians because they were an example of what he believed in. They are willing to commit to a goal, risk adversity in the pursuit of it, and fail and keep trying until they succeed. But it was not until he was in college and saw Scott Hamilton compete in the 1984 Sarajevo Games that he actually made the decision to train for the Olympics. Ruben said to himself, If that little guy can do it, I can do it too. I'm going to be in the next Olympics. It's a done deal. I just have to find a sport. After doing a little research on Olympic sports, Ruben decided he needed to pick a sport that would build on his strengths. He knew that he was a good athlete, but not a great athlete. His strength was perseverance. He never quit anything. In fact, he had earned the nickname Bulldog in high school. He figured he had to find a sport so tough, a sport with so many broken bones, that there would be lots of quitters. That way, maybe he could rise to the top on the attrition rate. He finally settled on the luge. Next, he wrote Sports Illustrated. This was before the Internet and asked, where do you go to learn how to luge? They wrote back, Lake Placid, New York. That's where they had the Olympics in 1936 and 1980. That's where the track is. Ruben picked up the phone and called Lake Placid. Hi, I'm an athlete in Houston, and I want to learn how to luge so I can be in the Olympics in four years. Will you help me? The guy who answered the phone asked, how old are you? 21 years old. 21? You're way too old. You're 10 years too late. We start them when they're 10 years old. Forget it. But Reuben couldn't forget it, and he started to tell the man his life story, to buy some time until he could think of something. Along the way, he happened to say that he was born in Argentina. All of a sudden, the man on the other end of the phone got excited. Argentina? Why didn't you say so? If you'll go for Argentina, we'll help you. 
It turns out that the sport of luge was in danger of being dropped from the Olympics because there weren't enough countries competing on the international level. If you'll go for Argentina, and somehow we can get you into the top 50 ranked lugers in the world in four years, which is what you'll need to make it into the Olympics, it would add one more country to the sport of luge, and that would make it a stronger sport. If you make it, you'd be helping the U.S. team. Then he added, before you come all the way to Lake Placid, you have to know two things. Number one, if you want to do it at your age, and you want to do it in only four years, it will be brutal. Nine out of every ten guys quit. Number two, expect to break some bones. Reuben thought, great, this works right into my plan. I'm not a quitter. The harder it is, the easier it is for me. A few days later, Ruben Gonzalez was walking down Main Street in Lake Placid looking for the U.S. Olympic Training Center. A day later, he was in a beginner's class with 14 other aspiring Olympians. The first day was miserable, and he even thought of quitting. But with the help of a friend, he recommitted to his Olympic dream. And though all 14 of the other aspirants eventually quit before the end of the first season, Ruben finished the summer training. Four grueling years later, Ruben Gonzalez realized his dream when he walked into the opening ceremonies of the 1988 Calgary Winter Olympics. He returned again in Albertville in 1992 in Salt Lake City for the 2002 Winter Games. Ruben Gonzalez, because he took immediate and persistent action on his dream, will always be a three-time Olympian. This is Donald Bird. The track is called Slow Drag Man. Enjoy, and I'll be right back after these relaxing tunes.
you're listening to Now Is The Time with me, Steve Rock, on LifeConversationsRadio.com. The music you hear in the background is Donald Byrd, Slow Drag Man. This whole show has been about neglect and what we are doing about uh, neglecting areas of our lives and the power that can be found from not neglecting things in our lives. So what is the opposing force to neglect? And we just listened to Jack Canfield talking about the magic words, the two magic words, taking action. Don't neglect something if you can do it now. Why wait? This whole show is called Now is the Time. And really, now is the only time that matters because if you don't do something now, when will you do it? And if you're not living now, when are you living? The past or the future? So try and live now. Now with regards, sorry, I love this tune. I'm here, I'm talking to you, but if you could see me now, my head is bobbing, especially to this bit. So tell me, what is the one thing you're going to take action on? Write it down, find a piece of paper and be honest with yourself. Do it and do it now. Because if you don't take action, neglect can creep in. And so often it does creep in. And that is the frightening thing. Because it is like an infection that turns into a fully fledged disease. Neglect is an easy thing to do. If you have a partner and uh, you neglected your partner for any period of time, I would pretty much guarantee that if your partner has a reasonable level of any self-esteem, they would leave you simply because being neglected isn't a good thing. It's not an empowering thing. It's not an inspiring thing. Um, It can leave you feeling very, very drained. And on a daily basis, we neglect ourselves so frequently that we don't even know it. This is like a recap of the entire hour that I've spent with you on this uh, frosty Sunday afternoon or morning should I say here in Bracknell. Now here comes the fun part. There's a power in thinking of something that you have purposefully neglected that has been pushed so far back in your daily agenda that you have trouble remembering what it actually was you were supposed to do. And I want you to spend some time right now if you haven't done it already thinking about what that thing could be for you what is it that you've neglected to do or neglected to think about or neglected to act upon over the last day two days three days five days a week a month a year what is it that you aren't doing excuse me and are you doing it or are you not doing it because you're just scared are you not doing it because you're scared of what it may bring pick one thing only you know what this one thing is for you but pick it and promise yourself that you're going to do something about it you are no longer going to neglect this one thing that you've been neglecting up until this point and the reason being can you imagine what it might give you if you didn't neglect it I mean, we already know what you've got if you continue to neglect it. But what would you get if you cease to neglect it? Take action. Write it down. Note what the action actually could be for you. And then do something magical today. Do it. Allow yourself to be free with it. Face it head on. What is the consequence of not doing it? I mean, we often think about um, the opposite. So we know, I mean, we already know what we've got if we don't do it because we're living in it. But what happens, what could happen if you did what you're not doing? What could change in your life positively? Because sometimes we just look at the negative aspects of what could change if we do change. But what I'm saying to you now is look at the positive aspects. Focus on something that could be good, that could 
come out of this that could release your life into a realm that you've never yet been. You see, sometimes in life it's hard to take uh, the difficult option and it's easier to take the easy option. And with the neglecting something, it sometimes becomes a habit and sometimes you don't know that you're neglecting it. So therefore the behavior becomes repetitive and you fall into it and it's easy to continue to do what you've always done. What I'm asking of you on this occasion is not to take the easy option. Challenge yourself not to or no longer to neglect something that is holding you back. Imagine what you could get if you just took action and faced the one thing you're neglecting. No longer will you neglect one area of your life. No longer will you take the easy option. Now is the time for you to stand up in your own life and be counted. Now is the time to be the person you have always wanted to be. Now is the time to live every aspect of your dreams. What you're listening to in the background is Lonnie Liston-Smith, Expansions, the classic. Thank you for your time. My name is Steve Rock. The show is now is the time. And I'll see you on Sundays, five till six. Bop your head to the beats and I'll catch you next week. Listen to lifeconversationsradio.com with Steve Rock. Now's the time.
Extreme.